Here we are, part three of my interviews with the 2018 Philanthropic Five Award winners. Today, I talk with P5 winner Dan Sweeney. Dan works in community development at Wells Fargo, a job he loves and one that allows him to partner with organizations such as Habitat for Humanity to strengthen the communities in which Wells Fargo, Fargo operates. <laughs> Dan is also a board member of LISC and Historic Milwaukee. We had fun chatting about why he gives his time to these causes, his love for the water, and who he would most like to invite out on his boat. Yeah, so we'll get started. Uh, my first question, and I've been telling everyone, I mean this in the most respectful way possible, what do you do all day? That's a funny question because I don't think uh, my wife knows what I do all day. <laughs> um, so uh, at Wells Fargo, I work in the Corporate Responsibility and Community Relations Group, specifically around CRA management. So CRA stands for the Community Reinvestment Act, and it's a mandate from Congress um, that pretty much it mandates that banks work with and in low to moderate income communities where they have a presence. So um, that's everything from making sure that our folks get out and provide financial education, serve on boards, working with our community lending team to work with uh, nonprofit housing developers like a, an Impact 7 or a, um, a Lane Boulevard West Neighbors. And then we also have a community investment team, which I would work with to provide low interest loans to nonprofit groups like a WIBIC or Ford Community Investments. Um, in addition to CRA management, I also handle economic development activities um, and uh, help the bank around reputation management issues. So I cover three states right now, Wisconsin, oh. Illinois, and Michigan and have 11 different markets that are my focus. So it's a pretty busy job. So when you ask what I do every day, it could be anything from writing up community credit needs for our national CRA team on some of my markets, like a Detroit, a Chicago, a Milwaukee, to really pinpoint where the needs are in the community, uh, to meeting with nonprofits to figure out what their needs are from a philanthropic standpoint, from a talent standpoint, um, to... Uh, going to house dedications with the Habitat for Humanity, uh, working with our real estate uh, team to donate houses to groups like Axe Housing. So it really runs the gamut. It's I couldn't tell you what Sounds I do. Sounds like fun. It's, it's a great job. It's Sounds fulfilling. Very fulfilling. Uh, sometimes it gets a little frustrating because you do see the darker side of what happens in the city, but at the same time you get to work with the best people and the folks that are really trying to do the good work. Yeah. And then you also sit on... One or more boards, right? Yeah. I know you're with Historic Milwaukee. Correct. So, like, say, like, during the day, I would I would have meetings both internally, externally, and then in the evenings, I may, in the late afternoon, go to a board meeting with LISC Milwaukee, which is the local initiative support corporation, which is one of the largest community development organizations here in Milwaukee. Uh, or I would go to another board meeting, say, for Historic Milwaukee, uh, which a lot of people know Historic Milwaukee through our Doors Open event. That happens in September of each year. And you call that your fun board. That's my fun board <laughs> where I get to put my, my external passions uh, of history and the built environment yeah. into my work. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. Um, so our community has a lot going on, and you probably see a lot of good things and a lot of maybe challenges through your work both during the day and on your in your mm -hmm. board uh, participation. What kind of issue or challenge that our community faces is top of mind for you? So I think, so I think top of mind for me um, is affordable housing. 
So um, just in Milwaukee, 40% of low to moderate income individuals and families pay more than 50% of their salaries to housing, which, as you can imagine, takes away quite a bit from other needs such as food, transportation, medical issues, and most importantly, saving, and saving for a rainy day, saving for emergency issues, saving for the future. Um, So this is one of uh, my biggest passions. So working with nonprofits like Habitat for Humanity in the Midtown neighborhood or Washington Park, work with Axe Housing throughout the city, Lane Boulevard West neighbors in the Silver City neighborhood, Walnut Way and Lindsay Heights, um, Community First in Washington Park. I could keep on going, but it's a need where just driving over to your, the studio here today or the United Way headquarters, there's a lot of afforded, affordable housing developments occurring within the city, which is fantastic at the large scale, but we also need to focus down at the smaller scale of duplexes, single-family houses, and making them more affordable for individuals in the city of Milwaukee. Right, exactly. It's one of those most basic things. If you don't have a place to get ready, how are you supposed to go out and find a job? Or if you don't have a safe place for your kids to stay, you're not going to be thinking about how you can, what you can do to save money or to Yeah, everything ties together. Exactly. I I could have thought about job creation. That's incredibly important, specifically within the city. You think about Mayor Barrett asking Amazon to bring those thousand jobs from Racine into or Racine or Kenosha into the city of Milwaukee, which is extremely relevant and extremely important, but it's it's almost a chicken and the egg. I mean, you need jobs, but you also need affordable housing right? Uh, because you need somewhere safe to go home to. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, what or who inspires you? So that's a great question. I think on a, a personal level, um, I was raised by my, both my folks worked in the pu- public service sector. And so really when I was growing up, uh, giving back to your community was not a choice, but really an obligation. And I really took that to heart, and I think it really um, served me where I, where I work today, and that's really why, why I work in the field that I do. Um, on a professional level, um, as we mentioned, we see a lot of negative stories at the national, local level about this city, and sometimes they're unfounded, uh, sometimes they're true, sometimes it's just a statistical analysis breaking down certain things that we could all see uh, the other side to. But... I think the motivation for me is I work in the community and I see all the amazing leaders out there who are doing the good work every day in the evenings, weekends, et cetera, in various communities throughout our city. And I think that really working with those individuals and seeing the positivity and optimism they have really inspires me. Yeah, me too. What's your favorite part about living in this community? So to start out, this is like a canned answer, but the city's phenomenal because A, you have an amazing body of water that's like an ocean right outside our doors. You have three rivers running through the city, which are all accessible via small watercraft, kayak, etc. Short commute times, amazing people. I think for me, the different neighborhoods in the city are truly remarkable. So a lot of, I always think about a drive that I do in late fall from the Fondy Farmer's Market over on Fond du Lac and North Avenue over to the Winter's Farmer's Market on the south side over near the domes. And you cross through so many various communities. Uh, and it's just, I think a lot of people forget the amazing restaurants we have, the ethnic food we have, the, the communities. And so I could go on and on. Like like many of us yeah. who live in the city, the city's phenomenal. Yeah. Sometimes it gets a bad rap. And as I used the word before, I think it's unfounded. So Dan, what's your secret sauce? What keeps you motivated with, what keeps you going? 
Um, I would say for me, it's making connections. So it's making connections. So as I mentioned, I cover three different states, 11 full-time markets. Most of my time is spent in Milwaukee because this is where I'm based. But it's really making those connections with folks in the community, whether they serve nonprofits, their community block captains. Uh, they're doing the good work. Um, I love learning about people, their personalized, professional lives, trying to figure out how, in my capacity at Wells Fargo, we can help them, whether get them, as I mentioned, talent, uh, dollars through, through our philanthropic uh, channels. And at Wells, I think one of the best parts about working for a large corporation like Wells Fargo is we have so many tools in our toolbox. And so when you make those connections with somebody, you can just figure out your, your mind just click, click, clicking away, trying to figure out, oh, I think we can bring that national program in yes. or utilize these local dollars or introduce this leader to this nonprofit for yes. this expertise. And so it's, it's a nice challenge. Um, but at the same time, it's learning to make a personal connection with people as well. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds like fun. Sounds a little bit like what we do here at United Way, yeah, too. Yeah. Um, okay, so those are the questions. You had heard those questions. You were able to think about those for, before. Now I have five questions that are just a little bit more fun. Um, so the first one is you have talked about how much you love being on the water. If you have that free day, mm. you want to get out on the water, you have your boat. Um, so I bet you have some good stories. So give me one of your best kind of water adventure stories. Well, I'll give you two. So I'll give you one just relaxing one. So I, last weekend, my wife and I and a friend went out on the Wisconsin River, huh. which is the lower Wisconsin River just before it gets to the Mississippi. And so for three days, you only see maybe five other boats out there. There's sand everywhere, bonfires, sunsets, wildlife. And so that's probably one of my most favorite places on earth on the water. Sounds nice. Um, on the flip side, just a fun story about being out in this, having purchased a sailboat this spring and really learning how to manage a bigger sailboat and learning to really know what, when you look at the marine forecast, what two to four foot waves really mean. And then heading out past the break wall and hitting four to six foot waves in a small boat is, um, it's a good learning lesson, I'll just say that. So <laughs> killing your boat all the way over until it hits uh, the water is what? an exciting moment. Did you fall off? No, but it, it scares you into yeah. uh, respecting what we have out there. It's yeah. a beautiful feature, but at the same time, it's Well, you think it's just a lake, but it's a that's a big lake. It There's is. There's a lot going on out there. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite... Uh, historic Milwaukee kind of site or spot? So for doors open, so I, I think we're kind of getting at it. We open 170 buildings throughout the city uh, in various neighborhoods. Uh, we go out into Waukesha County and then uh, in the city itself. I would say some of the highlights for me, uh, and I would suggest everyone do this, is uh, accessing the bell tower at City Hall. You get to go up through these very narrow stairways up to the, the bell tower at City Hall, and you get to ring the bell. Cool. So I think that's an incredibly unique experience, all the way to going to Malone's Sausage Factory, just right down the street here on Walnut, where it's a third-generation head cheese maker, oh which God. is head cheese. I, I won't go into what it is. But it's just a wild thing you have in the city um, to uh, weave a behind-the-scenes tour where you get to see the inside of the Eagles and Rave, and so you get to see the old pool when it was what? the Eagles Club, where all the bands that go through the rave and the Eagles Ballroom have like signed the pool 
you know, they, they skateboard down there. The acoustics are supposed to be amazing. So we get to access so many different neat buildings in our city. So I would suggest everyone go out September 23rd and 24th of this year. That sounds so cool. Yeah. Oh, we'll definitely be checking some of those out. What advice would you give or what would you tell your 18-year-old self? If I was able to give myself at 18 advice from where I am today, I would just say to, I think there's so many amazing opportunities out there for young people to get internships, whether it's in the community or at a corporation or small business. And I did go that route, and I just don't think I took it as seriously as I should have. Um, I'm happy in the position that I am, but I think if you do take something like an internship, again, whether it be at a nonprofit, small business corporation, it really can open doors for you, uh, whether you're going to college, getting your associate's degree, going to the trades even, just that experience uh, of working with older people really helps you grow. My colleague, John Waldbauer, uh, helped me come up with this question. Uh, he said, okay, ask him, what two famous people would you want to bring out on your boat, dead or alive? So I think a lot of people ask, answer these, some of these questions with what's in their head at the moment. So I'm thinking, like right now I'm reading a book on Ronald Amundsen about discovering the sure. South Pole. And so what pops in my mind is like someone like Ernest Shackleton or like a Ronald Amundsen or some kind of adventure okay. that went through the most adverse experiences of cold and danger and starvation, um, just picking their brains about how the human mind can overcome some of those things. And I, we joked around earlier about just like tipping the, the gunnels of my boat <laughs> the into the water. Waves. Yeah, yeah, like momentarily. <laughs> and then you think about individuals who have conquered huge milestones of exploration and how they were able, able to uh, persevere. Um, so I don't have a, I mean, I gave you two names there. I think in our original interview, I just told you, I, I, I knew my grandparents, but I didn't, I knew them at the end of their lives. And I would love to like, on a calm day, just go out and just pick yeah. their brains and learn more about who they were, uh, who they really were, you know, not who they told my parents who right. they were. But right, right. Really. Not through the lens of stories. Exactly. And, yeah. yeah. So I think there's just so much to be learned from just your family members. Yeah. I like that. So it's two separate trips. One with these adventurers, yeah. one with the grandparents. They could take the helm when it gets rough, and then on the other day, it'll be calm. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, and finally, what is your least marketable skill? Least marketable <laughs> skill. This is really weird. A lot of people who meet me, and meet specifically when I'm, wearing, when I'm wearing a bow tie, I love foraging for foods, so wild edibles food. like So oh. I mean, everything from mushrooms down to... Uh, Edible greens. Was that in like your that. professional bio? It was. Yeah. Interesting choice. I was like, huh. Yeah. So uh, hidden talents, I think. If do you bring like a book to make sure they're not poisonous? Or do you know? No, I'm know? pretty good. Like about if it's if it's close to something, I wouldn't touch it at all. But I'm pretty sure. good now. Uh, a lot of reading, a lot of exploration. Do you and cook with them? Or I do, yeah. yeah. So I just took a, I was just up north and did a little foraging expedition. It was fun. And we had, I think, 10 different ingredients on a cutting board and cooked up an omelet with those with those found foods so it's just it's one of those it's i don't know how worth worthwhile it is we're not gonna have an apocalypse anytime soon but it's something to do it's a good way to connect with nature because i feel like you're more present 
say you're on a hike or somewhere else, if you're just having a conversation with somebody, sometimes you're not really present and observing everything. But yeah. if you're able to look at what's around you and know that you can eat it if you if you could. <laughs> that is so cool. I really like it. I, I feel like I, it sounds like I gave you some crap about it, but it's really <laughs> cool. I was just like surprised because I guess maybe I was listening to a Best American Life or something. And I, when you first said that, I was thinking about like, dumpster diving <laughs> no gosh no no so but that's no moldy foods in my diet yeah yeah that's cool though very cool and i think that that, that could see that being marketable but not it's yeah. not like a you know a financial uh yeah. oh, one other thing i never know interesting in my in my mind is uh, i tap about 50 maple trees every year really and so i make up between seven to ten gallons of maple syrup every year Wow. So, not what do you do with all that stuff? Uh, I give a lot of it away. So Gifts. if you if you come over yeah. and help out with the process, you typically get to walk away with syrup. And oh. otherwise it's it goes into everything from coffee sure. to granola to bake baked goods. Yeah. <laughs> Again, wow, some of them do cool. in the wintertime. And um, is it trees on your property? Yes. Okay. So how long does it take from when you tap the tree to when you have your maple syrup that you can eat? So it, it's it's around between 50 to 1. So 50 gallons of sap out of the tree boils down to 1 gallon of really? syrup. So it's a lot of time in front of a fire, but it's usually a little cold out, so it's not that bad. You do it over a fire? Well, I, I use a stove that I built, but yes. Wow. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, great. Dan, thanks so much. No, Congratulations again on winning the P5 Award. Uh, very well-deserved, and I really enjoyed talking to you and to the other winners. It's just, it's great to hear people's stories, like you were saying, and connect and, and hear what makes people tick. Awesome. It makes it a, you know, it really illustrates what a great place we live in. No, I really appreciate it, and I'm looking forward to August 16th. That was Dan Sweeney, one of United Way's 2018 Philanthropic Five Award winners. Don't miss the rest of our conversations with the 2018 Philanthropic Five. Visit our podcast webpage at unitedwaygmwc.org slash podcast to listen in. And don't forget to join us next week at the Philanthropic Five Awards event, Thursday, August 16th, 5.30 p.m. at the Ivy House in Milwaukee. Register at unitedwaygmwc.org slash p5.